Space fans, and welcome to the Supercluster Podcast. I'm Alex Lynn, filling in for Rob. Today on the pod, we have Kathy Ang, the star of the latest Netflix and DreamWorks hit, Over the Moon. Over the Moon follows an adventurous girl, Fei Fei, who builds a rocket ship to meet the mythical Chinese moon goddess Chang'e on the moon. Kathy, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This is so cool. <laughs> so, Kathy, tell me about when you first heard about this project and what drew you to it. I first heard about this project in 2018. One of the producers of the movie, Jenny Rim, she and I had worked on a Google Spotlight story, which was a VR animation piece. And she wanted to bring me in for the demos for this piece. And she told me that Glenn Keane, our director, was attached. Glenn Keane, who's like a Disney animation legend, did Little Mermaid, The Beast, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Pocahontas, and, and you know, just shaped my childhood storytelling experiences. <laughs> and I knew I, I was sold already. But then I read the script and um, learning that this was about this brilliant young girl who, you know, believes kind of in the impossible and is so motivated by her love and is also Chinese. I mean, come on, who's who is not going to be sold on that project? <laughs> it, it was really just like a dream come true for me to be able to be a part of this team. It's been an insane experience. And I'm thankful. I mean, every part of it, the people that I'm working with, the look of the animation, and the story we're telling, I'm sold 100%. <laughs> mm -hmm. Totally. So how did you react when you got that phone call finally telling you that you'd booked the part? Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there was I, uh, Jenny and Glenn called me. And at first, I really thought that it was going to be bad news. Jenny Rim, she like tricked me. She called me oh earlier in the day. No, yeah, she called me earlier in the day. And she was like, I think um, Glenn and I want to talk to you tonight and she sounded so solemn and I oh was for sure that it was a no and <laughs> oh my god I was like really prepared for bad news and then they told me that they could bring me on as Fei and I was stunned and then I just was crying and laughing and then there was a lot of cake and ice cream for that night mm, I love that oh yeah I mean I I bought an ube cheesecake. Um, oh my god! <laughs> they make that. Yeah, oh, yeah. My Actually, god. if you're in New York, oh my god, I'm I'm about to plug a bakery, but Keki Modern Cakes <laughs> makes a Japanese oh oh cheesecake. That's ube flavored. So get it, get it. No way. <laughs> well, you know, I haven't been in New York for a couple months, but I might take the trip in. Honestly, just. <laughs> for that ube cheesecake my life oh, is yeah. different now yeah <laughs> i can never i can never go back i'm changed forever uh, <laughs> it was a good night that's that's basically the summary of the story <laughs> it was I a totally good night what a what a bait and switch too yeah oh god she has a great <laughs> poker voice <laughs> i mean honestly positive characteristic <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, Kathy, this is obviously it's not your first voiceover rodeo. It's not your first performance rodeo either. I am curious, though, about what your process was like in preparing to voice Fei Fei and tell this story not only through acting, but also through performance of song and music. I grew up, you know, with these animated features, mostly in the Disney canon, and I would kind of, you know, perform these songs and 
and just pretend that I was these characters. And that's actually kind of how I got into performance and, and art at a young mm-hmm. age. I didn't really do theater, but I started that in college more and or really, you know, truly pursuing it in college more. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I had one animation gig for a short, like a 10 minute short. Mm-hmm. And this was my first feature. So I would say this took a lot more endurance preparation. Mm-hmm. Being, mm-hmm. being able to sustain your voice in a, in a studio is actually harder than it seems. Also because Feifei, you know, as a very adventurous girl, she is like grunting and screaming throughout the movie. Uh-huh. Um, but other than that, I mean, I actually, I thought I was going to have to bring in a couple different voices for Feifei, but Glenn, Glenn Keane, our director, actually asked me to really just, you know, go pretty natural. He heard Feifei and her excitement for everything going on um, in my voice already. And so he mm-hmm. just kind of wanted me to be me, <laughs> which was really nice. <laughs> yeah, um, totally. easier. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. And then... Again, I, I for the singing portion, I, I grew up singing these kind of like these anthemic Disney songs. And so getting the chance to do that with this team was insane, but just an amazing experience. And I feel like, you know, watching these movies, I had already been training for this experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and I have a musical theater background. So, of course, like that kind of torch song mm-hmm. of Rocket to the Moon, it, mm-hmm. you know, I. I I've studied that too. <laughs> totally. Kathy Ang has the range. Just <laughs> letting everybody know that she has the range. Okay. Oh, thank you. Just get that through your head. <laughs> so it, in so many ways though, you've also been preparing for this intellectually as well since you attended a STEM high school. So I'm curious how you brought that background and love of space and science to what you brought to Feifei. Yeah, I grew up in Cupertino in Silicon Valley. And uh, (laughs) like many people there, I was surrounded by amazing scientists. My parents were both doctors. And so they instilled a love of science in me from a very young age. And uh, just that kind of, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And just that kind of, you know, exploration and unpacking and, and questioning what, you know, experimentation, all of that, I think you see in Feifei. Mm-hmm. She builds a freaking rocket to the moon, mm-hmm. <laughs> basically off of AliExpress, by the way. <laughs> Stop. Oh my God. Jack Ma would be proud. <laughs> yeah, Jack Ma is shaking. Jack Ma's like, look at that Elon Musk. Take that. Oh my God. Yeah. It's so amazing. She just maxes out her dad's credit card um, and that builds a rocket that, you know, actually works. Uh, so I I, I, I would have to say, I think my excitement for this girl also just came through in the studio, but also I, I've just loved science. And I think Feifei and I are pretty similar thinkers. We really enjoy puzzles and problem solving mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. this kind of tunnel vision that she gets around this, I relate to. So, oh, totally. yeah, so, so um, it was natural you know and I think I was really excited to be able to share that love for science with other people um Mm -hmm. and hopefully it'll inspire other other people to you know get creative like Feifei but it was easy for me to access that (laughs) Mm -hmm, totally were there any like unexpected challenges you encountered while playing Feifei or was it just pretty much like oh well this is super convenient I can just be me (laughs) (laughs) you know I mean there was still a big learning curve I think 
you know, I'm, I'm still pretty early in my career and I was working with a lot of very experienced people that I just look up to, you know, mm-hmm. this cast specifically, like it's a tremendous cast that I, that have, you know, kind of paved the way for Asian actors like me to, yeah. to work now. And so I just felt the pressure, you know, yeah. I, I think there was a lot of pressure on me to feel like I was living up to that. And also because there isn't a lot of, I mean, we talk about, you know, the importance of media representation, but there isn't a lot of AAPI representation in mainstream media. And so when you get a project of this caliber, you know, it actually, there's more pressure for it to be great. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this team understood that need for excellence. And so everyone was working hard. And even if it was really, really fun, I, I just still felt the kind of imposter syndrome, I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But other than that, I mean, the team was so warm that it just made a lot of our time together very, very wonderful. Um, and I just got to learn from all of them. The best thing about being the least experienced person in the room is that you you can just learn from people and try and soak up all their mm-hmm. uh, wisdom. Totally. And, yeah. And the creative team, the producers, Jenny Rim, Palin Chow, and Glenn Keen, our director, they're so giving and really, really want to lift young artists up. So I was lucky in that regard. They're right. good mentors. <laughs> what would you say was the most, this might be the same thing, but the most important and also the most surprising thing that you learned in this process? I didn't know much about animation before this, even though I had mm-hmm. done that little short the age of sale short i hadn't worked in in such a collaborative way like that before there's hundreds of artists who worked on feifei's character to make her whole and normally i think as an actor you're kind of in control of the final or as a stage actor i was used to being a little bit in control of the final product but it was amazing to see how many people went into her. And also, again, you know, just, it was just nerve wracking and, and a little hard to to make sure I was doing all of them justice, making their time and, and efforts worthwhile. Oh, and also just like not really working with actors in the studio. Mm. Yeah, with voice acting, I'm really used to stage acting, which, you know, you want to be able to react off of the person right next to you. And so that was different. But you get into the studio and it's you and and you just get to play a lot, play and imagine. It was a great exercise in my creativity and it wasn't like the most difficult thing, but it was really fun and, and I cherish those moments for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's really cool how much of a collaborative effort it really is. Yeah. And hearing all of them talk about their art form, it's just so cool. I love hearing people talk about why they're doing why they're making art, what they want, what kind of creative imprints they want to leave on the world. It's amazing. Totally. <laughs> and there's a lot of, there's a lot of crossover that with space too. Like the crazy thing yeah. is I think just like our culture naturally sees space and art as two completely unrelated things, but the more you talk about why people do what they do from both industries, it becomes so so apparent that it's for the same reason, you know? Yeah. It's for creativity, discovery, finding something new, creating something that wasn't there before. These are both things that propel science and art. And that's part of what's so awesome to me about this movie. It's really that overlap 
Yeah, I mean, Feifei is such a, I'm a swear now, I said that I would do but it. But she's such a badass. She, she is. is a mother effing badass. And like, I, she's exactly the kind of character that I wished I saw on screen because she, she reminds me of all my friends growing up. Like that is a young Chinese girl who, who, who just fights for what she wants and never gives up on her dreams. She can achieve anything. And she uses both science and, you know, I think a lot of people think about art as like very emotional. She uses her love, you know, Mm -hmm. she uses her love to motivate her all the time. I think she's a great intersection of the two. Mm -hmm. The whole movie is a really great intersection of of art and science. Yeah. Totally. I totally agree with you. And I think it's so moving. Just me personally, as a Chinese woman, how that also intersects with the culture that's represented in the film so accurately and so authentically, too, which Mm. is so refreshing, so refreshing, especially, you know, in a time like right now where there's just so much there's just so much like domestic tension. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, like this might get cut for the pod, but I'm just going to say anyway, just just with the way that coronavirus has affected the Asian American community. I mean, there was yeah. a point where like, we were not going to let my grandparents out of the house because we were afraid. We were genuinely afraid that somebody would try to do something because people just have very ignorant opinions about yeah. the state of affairs in the world right now. Yeah. So it was really awesome to see this movie and like, feel like, Oh my God, like being Chinese is cool. Yeah. Like it's really, really freaking cool. And it's really yeah. awesome. And everybody yeah. should be jealous. yes absolutely i mean there was also uh, the outpouring of support has been amazing there's a particular piece by michelle yang uh, from cnn who Mm. she wrote a piece about like why this was the exact movie that she needed with her son because you know Mm -hmm. especially during covid she just has been afraid to you know she's been toning down her asianness yeah and this movie is such a celebration of our heritage and traditions and who we are as AAPI people. And, and I think it was important specifically for her son. Her young son is like six, I think. Oh. Mm-hmm. And so it really touched them. And I've received so many message, messages about specifically, you know, I got to say the parents, you know, they're going to take it in a lot more. This moment where they get to watch their kids you know, find themselves in these characters. And it's Mm -hmm. not even a big deal for the kids, which is amazing. That is like my favorite part is that they're just going to grow up with a lot of represent, well, knock on wood, like there's so much work to be be done. I know. But but, but, you know, that they have these, these moments, crazy rich Asians moments, and and now over the moon moments to, to just find themselves and be a part of mainstream culture, so that who they are, is, you know, embraced and and they can embrace their roots and identity fully. So it's been awesome. The response of parents of AAPI kids specifically, really. Yeah, it is fantastic because it's just like, oh, it's it's so depressing to hear that people are having to edit their Asian-ness. I mean, it's just like, I just, I don't even like have the words to articulate it. It's just, it's not right. Come on, you guys. (laughs) Like, seriously. And it's so wonderful, like, what you say, too. Like, it's just normal to the kids now. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it wasn't normal for me when I was growing up. Totally not normal. Like, Mm -hmm. anytime I saw an Asian person, it was like an event. 
And the fact that it's like for these kids now, like they can just see themselves. It's amazing because they're not going to have to go through what people before had to go through with like feeling like you don't really like fit in or like nobody wants to see you on stage or like all you have to offer is just the stereotype of what people have. Like you don't have anything else to offer. I think it's so great that this movie is out there and really like just proving that wrong. Yeah. And it's like it's all of these characters have their own flaws and they're so human and full and cool, like you said. Yeah, like everyone, <laughs> everyone would be jealous that that these people exist <laughs> and that they can't they can't quite pull off pull off a ping pong match like Chang'e. <laughs> oh my gosh, she looks phenomenal. The swagger, the swagger oh that she God. has during that yeah. match. I was like, oh MG. <laughs> So I'd love to talk a little bit more about Chang'e and like the importance of the moon in Asian culture, because I know from my experience, oh my gosh, you like you never stop talking about the moon. I mean, the moon is it's even how the calendar is dictated in China. It just plays such an important role, honestly, not only just in culture, but just like the way that China like organizes their space program. I mean, their entire lunar project is named after Chang'e, which is just yeah. so cool. And it, it really just shows you how important the myth and the celestial body is. So I'm wondering if you could speak to our viewers about just like with you growing up, like what what was your relationship with this myth and with like the celestial bodies above us? Yeah, I mean, I learned about Chang'e when I was in Chinese school as a young girl. Oh my God, triggered. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, having to go to Chinese school. <laughs> oh my God, I like crying. experience, classic. Um, Literally crying. <laughs> <laughs> but I did grow up with her. And so, you know, again, just another layer of like, what the heck? How are we getting to give this story to mainstream media? And also like continue her story. Because a lot of the, the folktale kind of really ends when she gets to, to the moon. Like we don't know what happens when she's waiting there. And so, you know, getting to tell a little bit more of her story was really, really yeah. cool and very special to also tell like a very modern take on her. But my family and I, we did celebrate Mid-Autumn Festival just like at home <laughs> and we mm -hmm. would eat some mooncakes and have a big dinner, probably try and find duck if possible. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Duck, you guys. Duck is irreplaceable. It's important. It's a very important part for it's important for a family meal to have them there. I mean, oh, yeah. if you're if you're if you don't eat meat, that's good too. But like it was I, will say, I will say it, I in my experience it's been the the two years I was a vegetarian, it was extremely <laughs> difficult being an Asian woman because <laughs> meat is just so it's ingrained. Embedded, yeah, into it's the culture. Embedded. It's embedded. Yeah, but my my parents would talk to me about the meaning of the Moon Festival and coming mm -hmm. together and, and really just, you know, I think a lot of holidays in all cultures are about gratitude and, mm -hmm. and coming together with your family specifically and celebrating the love that you have. The Moon, I mean, Chang'e's story is is about romance as well for many mm -hmm. people. But, you know, there's also versions of her story where she's actually saving people from a tyrannical leader from Ho yeah. like Ho Yi is not her lover, but, but actually he's a tyrant. And so yeah. she doesn't want him to take the pills. And so, you know, offering thanks to someone like that, who's also just 
being a good hearted person, I think it reminds mm-hmm. you what kind of people we want to look up to in today's age and today's age that might be extra important. Yeah. And, and I think for me, it was always just celebrating love with your family and, and knowing that you always have this community to come back to. When I was young, I probably didn't necessarily realize how important those, those holiday traditions were, but now they're much dearer to my heart. And I think every moon festival, I, you know, I just reach out to my family and, and just thank them for who they are and, and all their, you know, the love that they've provided me over the years. And then there's also, you know, there's like the fun of it too, just like celebrating. I I know that there's a lot of people play different games. People are also, you know, eating outside and Mm -hmm. there's beautiful art that comes from it. You know, you send your wishes to Chang'e sometimes and there is, you can be lantern making. There can even, I mean, yes, in Chinese New Year, but also I've seen like dragon dancing and lion dancing in for mid-autumn festival. Mm -hmm. And it's just a celebration of, of the community around you. And I think that's just so beautiful to be able to proudly display some of those traditions in, in a movie is what we need today. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, that's, that's like what really moves me the most about over the moon and my really like just influenced my experience watching it. And also just like the little I don't even want to say they're Easter eggs because to me, I was like, oh, this is an obvious part of the culture. But just like the the little Easter eggs that they would stick in, especially with all the rabbits, because for those for those of you, for those of you who might not be East Asian or familiar, East Asian people or I, I think actually across the Asian continent, I think most most people actually believe this. We see a rabbit in the moon, not a man, a rabbit. So I just thought I thought the little the little things like that throughout the movie were just so touching to me. You know, it's funny, Kathy, because I was also talking to one of the deputy program managers of the commercial crew program at Johnson Space Center, and he actually specialized in like international affairs through the ISS. And a big thing that he said was, or one of the points he made was, every country has a different way of doing things. Mm-hmm. And they have a different way of communicating beyond language, obviously, a different way of like problem solving. And I think that, you know, I think you could kind of see that in Over the Moon, just like mm-hmm. the very specifically like Chinese way of, mm-hmm. first of all, coping with your emotions. <laughs> and second of all, problem solving and innovating. I mean, like the fact that she gets all of her stuff off Alibaba, I'm like, I mean, that's like <laughs> accurate. <laughs> you know? especially with the Chinese space program too, like so much of like the myth and culture like influences not only just like the names, but also I think what inspires people to really pursue like space travel and go out there and explore. So this movie just like, I don't know, it just like gave me a lot of feelings. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is just so beautiful. I love that Fei Fei is constantly looking to the sky. I think as humans, like that for us is such there's so many unknowns up there and that sense of adventure is really exciting. But also Feifei assigns, you know, her love for her mother and, and all these moments that she had with her mom, mom surrounding the moon festival to Chang'e on the moon. So, mm-hmm. you know, her searching for that love again is the real story in that movie. And, and 
God, it's just such a beautiful message for right now when a lot of the families just can't be together. So yeah. being able to see and kind of live vicariously through this family that is just sitting around a table near a beautiful water town and looking at the full moon. I mean, mm-hmm. that's it's special. Yeah, there's a lot of Easter eggs, the bunnies and and also oh DJ Rabbit. I call him DJ. Oh my god, I know. I, know. Oh my god. <laughs> I can't believe it's a DJ on the moon. Um, I know. Yeah, DJ Rabbit and. Even like the frogs too. Yes. Uh, yeah, the frogs. And and also this isn't necessarily mid-autumn moon festival, but the space dog. I didn't actually know this before. <laughs> I didn't know that about the myth of the dog who is responsible for eclipses. Like that's just so, yeah. Which is Wait, why, I don't know about this either. <laughs> yeah, I was reading. I was like, why did they decide to put a space dog in? Um, yeah, like what's why? the deal? Because in Chinese, <laughs> yeah, in Chinese folklore, there's like a dog who's up there blocking the light. <laughs> during eclipses um i mean that sounds like something a dog would do exactly you know he gets very excited and decides to take a bite yes (laughs) yeah and and i think uh it feels like a very accurate representation to me of what a family gathering would look like and i just love how that i love that once they get to lunaria that there's mooncakes i i I know never knew that i needed talking mooncakes in my life but <laughs> we all do. Yeah, we really do. There's just so many mooncakes in this movie. So if you like mooncakes, you'll be happy to watch. <laughs> totally. I also love that Lunaria is like this super advanced moon community. It's just like, like this advanced moon civilization, you know, yeah. that like is honestly, it's kind of like a peek into the future with the Artemis yeah. mission and everything. I mean, we're going back. So. <laughs> Oh, you know what I just realized is a little like nice Easter egg is that the lunar module is up there. Yes, I I yeah. forgot about oh, that. No, the tangent. Yes, yes, yes. He's up there. He's having a great time. Yeah, <laughs> I noticed yeah. that right away. I remember noticing that and being like, "Oh, that's so cute that that's there." Yeah, and what a nice so nod. excited about it too. I know. So I, I also just like love all of like the freaking physics that she's doing on her computer. Oh. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, are those Greek symbols? Okay. Um <laughs> I'm checked out. Uh, haven't done that in several years. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, she's so smart. She's that's oh my gosh, genius. Me. That's that's been honestly the most difficult thing, trying to, you know, live up to her genius. <laughs> Impossible. Mm-hmm. Well, what a what a great thing to try to live up to though. I mean, she's yeah. just so innovative. The symbolism behind the moon, too, throughout the movie, and also with the cranes at the end, that's something mm-hmm. that really, like, oh, my God. When I saw those cranes, I, like, I kind of lost it. Because just, like, you know, cranes and also the moon in, I guess, for Chinese culture, they represent, like, longevity and immortality. Mm-hmm. I think it, it definitely makes sense with the moon because the moon's kind of been our constant companion since, like, mm-hmm. I mean, the dawn of civilization. Even before civilization, it was up mm-hmm. there and... You know, there's a reason that we're so drawn to something like that. It's basically like the Earth's sister. I mean, we have this theory that the moon was created after like an asteroid hit the Earth and it's actually like a part of us or a part of the Earth. And I just found this super moving because to me what it said was that the spirit of our loved ones. Mm-hmm. I don't want to cry on the pod. <laughs> the spirit of our loved ones keep living on even if they're not physically here with us, which is kind of like the moon too. The moon's always there. We can't like reach out and touch it. Yeah. We can see it and it affects the earth, but 
it's still there, you know, yeah. just like the, the love we have for those who have passed on. Yeah, absolutely. During the movie, my one of my best friends, my partners and my best friend from college passed away. It was very, very special to be able to, you know, put that in a little bit into Feifei and find mm -hmm. ways to, you know, I mean, what Feifei learns how to do in the movie is to celebrate, like continue celebrating the people that she has loved and lost while also finding, allowing herself to find joy. And the fact that she can always look up to the moon, this source of light in whatever dark times human yeah. kind is experiencing. Yeah. And and for that to resemble love, you know, light and and love are the same. Finding just comfort there. Finding comfort anywhere, which is mm -hmm. which is a hard feat. I it's just so beautiful. And her story and her you know, moving through grief the way that she does is really inspiring and full and, and complex, but a lot of us are dealing with right now. Yeah. And so I hope that people can watch this movie and then look to the moon and see, see some of that, those mm -hmm. spirits that they're, they might be missing. Exactly. The moon's very powerful. The moon, the moon is, is really powerful, powerful, man. What would you do with that? She's tide? strong. <laughs> oh my God, for real. Um, I mean, we all drown, probably. Yeah. Uh, we probably all drown. The moon's super powerful. Literally I'm dictates so the calendar. <laughs> I'm so happy, by the way, just hearing you speak. And also, like, okay, I know we're on a podcast, but I am also watching Alex on a video. <laughs> I know, right? We're trying to make it natural. This is a special conversation, and it's one that I, I didn't know that I needed to have right now. So thank you so much, really, for taking the time out of your day to talk to me. Oh, thank you. You reached out first. Thank you. I'm so glad that I met you. I and am too. A virtual hug that I. Oh, this is so sweet. So much love. We're having. <laughs> oh my god, I feel it. I feel like I get like if I close my eyes, I can feel it. <laughs> Everyone, hug yourselves right now. You're in our group hug. Do it. <laughs> hug. <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting. I mean, this movie moved me so much, but like. Yeah, it's been really nice to have this conversation. Especially just like this, this will probably go a good cut because the audio guys will be like, this is irrelevant. But just like, you know, to talk to another Asian woman, it's really nice. Yeah. It's really, really nice, you know? Yeah. So let's, let's wrap up with our last question. So, you know, when Over the Moon first dropped, it hit number one on Netflix. First of all, <laughs> congratulations. Super awesome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm wondering if like specifically during this time, this success of this movie is sort of hitting you and the production team differently because you know we're we're all like experiencing so much right now with coronavirus especially especially the asian community with racism yeah. <laughs> i want to go away help <laughs> uh, um i'm wondering if you know like how, how are you experiencing the success of this movie you know that's really the question yeah i I mean, there's parts of the parts of the premiere at this moment, at this particular moment that are sad. I think um, for me, I really, really wanted to be with my family. Yeah, because it was a it's a big moment. And, and like, you know, to have also just talking about being an Asian in America, to have immigrant parents who are supportive of your career is special. And it's because of yes. them. It's so it's so much because of them and their belief and faith in me that I could get here. So I wanted to be with them to celebrate. But at the same time, you know, 
we got on a zoom and I could still see their faces and yeah we've we were talking about this earlier but like you know we're weirdly really connected to everyone around the world at all times now yeah and we're also kind of just training ourselves to do that and connect with people because it's it doesn't come as naturally anymore I've been really lucky to have been getting so many messages from families around the world around the entire world talking about how meaningful this film is to them. I, I, was, I was browsing Reddit one day. And, oh my God, and, uh, what, what thread? Well, they're uh, on the Over the Moon subreddit, which is very small, but I'm so happy. Oh my gosh, there's um, a subreddit? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. No, but, but there was this just so sweet post from this woman who, um, She's a mother and she lost one of her daughters earlier this year. And um, oh my God. her younger daughter has been struggling a lot with it. This movie was so helpful for them to watch together. Just knowing that this movie is out for anyone like that who might need it right now. I'm so glad it came out in the time that it did. I think it's a it's it's actually perfect. You know, it's a perfect story for for right now, which um, is amazing. And I hope you know, everyone can connect to these characters at this moment and find the joy that they find by the end of the film, too. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. 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 I totally agree with you on that. I mean, it did, like, f- definitely come at, like, a serendipitous time. Even, like, for me, I mean, just dealing with everything is so... I just want to put this out there to you guys. It's okay if you're not feeling well, like, yeah. at this point in time. We're going through literally a historic moment. So it's okay to be struggling. That is, I just want to voice that out there. But this movie, at least for me, it helped me a lot. It really helped me a lot. I mean, it reminded me of a lot of people in my family who I can't see right now just because of mm-hmm. COVID and you have to take precautions and stuff. It just also reminded me of my childhood and kind of took me back to a place that seemed simpler, you know, mm-hmm. just seemed simpler. And it was, it was of course, like the, the elements of space me too and i think that art and science and space have just been like kind of saving everybody right now it's like it's almost like these things are the only good news that are happening and like what is inspiring us to you know keep going and keep moving on and keep persevering through what's happening right now with the continuing pandemic yeah i mean art and science are both vehicles for just people to come together like the whole mm-hmm. so you know exploration together working on problems together mm-hmm. finding connection it's just it's i'm i'm so lucky to be a part of this film because i'm connected to all these wonderful people now and also mm-hmm. just viewers around the world it's insane that <laughs> it's it's been a crazy week yeah, I'm I'm just so glad that we could give this little love letter out to everyone now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're mm-hmm. super lucky to talk to you. I'm <laughs> so I'm just so glad to have you on the pod. This is awesome. Thanks. Also, I'm like I'm also just like in awe of the things that you guys are doing right now. It's so cool. Also, like making <laughs> science cool, you know, this this like revolution since you know, like since the internet, like Making science cool is the best thing that's happening to humanity. And like, I agree. We have to lean into that no matter what people might be shouting right now. Like, mm-hmm. science is freaking awesome. 
and knowledge is cool. And Mm -hmm. And so I just love that you're bringing people of the science community together and also just making, you know, just like making it accessible for people uh, who might not know how to get started in science. So totally. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. You're so welcome. It's not just me, but I will will say you're welcome for everybody. Uh, (laughs) uh, But I totally agree with you. I mean, that's really our mission here, right? It's to make it accessible and make it engaging for everyone because mm-hmm. for so long, science, I mean, every industry has this to some degree, but it's been gatekept. Uh, and yeah. what I think is really beautiful about Over the Moon is it shows this very, very strong, independent, free thinking young Asian woman literally building a rocket <laughs> out of like mismatched parts and making it work and i it's just it's important for children to see that to see that oh there is a place for you in -hmm. this industry and you don't necessarily have to be like everybody else even beyond just like race and ethnicity like personality and just the way that you carry yourself you don't have to be what you think like an engineer is you can just be an engineer you can just be that and it's okay Uh, yeah you could uh, be an engineer and have fun. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's not, yeah. they're not mutually exclusive. I promise you guys. Yeah. Yeah. And just like her, her ability to just, to just go at a problem is mm-hmm. fun. Like mm-hmm. that is fun. And her innovation is just like the creativity that she uses needs to, needs to be encouraged in every kid because whether or not mm-hmm. you go specifically into science, it'll just make you like such a more well-rounded person. And mm-hmm. also you have to use creativity in your life, how to survive this crazy world. Mm-hmm. I just love her. And I also love, like, we talked about this too, but like, you know, it's it's her passion for science and also her faith in this, mm-hmm. in this other amazing world and, and place. And they're married together. Like, yes. I think that's what the beauty of science is, is like, the most amazing things already exist in our universe. Can we go find them? Mm-hmm. And that is mm-hmm. beautiful and so motivational and will lead humanity to do the, the best things for ourselves. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I mean, I really think most scientific achievement, uh, most of the scientific achievements that have been like the most significant that we can think of were really like based on faith at certain yeah. points, really based on like blind faith. I mean, when you look at the history of rocket science, when the people at what is now known as the Jet Propulsion Lab in Pasadena, when they were first doing all that stuff, people thought they were crazy. People <laughs> thought that they were insane. A lot of the scientists at the time were like, no way. That's mm. not possible. It's first of all, it's too dangerous because they were using solid fuel rockets at the time and solid fuel mm-hmm. is incredibly combustible. So they were like, it's too dangerous. It's not stable it's not even like physically possible and you know the people who were yes exactly and that's exactly what happened yeah you people didn't think we could go to the moon (laughs) and look we did so did Fei Fei (laughs) (laughs) I mean even even with SpaceX's and NASA's work with potential Mars exploration I mean like such huge steps have been made there was I remember a point in my childhood and adolescence where like saying you were going to go to Mars was a joke like that was just like a dumb joke and now it's becoming more and more of a feasible reality and i think that's because we have people who are pushing the limits you know mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. people like i mean like elon musk at spacex who's saying 
no, I think we can do it. Yeah. Science makes dreamers. Science totally finds agree. the dreamers and, and makes totally more dreamers. Does. Absolutely. And if we make it cool, then all these kids are going to be rocket scientists. I just oh, want- I love it. Yeah. I love it. We need more STEAM initiatives. <laughs> that's my that's my ruling <laughs> as president of the world now. Oh more God. STEAM initiatives. Alex, I will elect you. I'm fully behind you. Please, oh my God. Could you imagine if I ran for like senator or something? (laughs) I love it. Well, Kathy, thank you so much for hopping on the pod with us today. You guys can check out Over the Moon, now streaming on Netflix. And a huge thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. Thank you guys so much. This was wonderful. And I love this community.